Cosmere can be a confusing place. From Allomancy to Surge Binding, there's a lot to look out for. We're your hosts and escorts to the realms. I'm Griff. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is, is the Silverlight Silver Guide to the Cosmere. Alright, welcome to the second episode. Yes, episode two. Life update. episode two. Oh. Is that what... I thought it was Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> I mean, that is also true. No, I hear a lot of people that the first episode is not the hardest of a podcast to make. It's the second, second episode that's the hardest to make. Interesting. That is what I have heard. Whether or not that's actually true, I don't know, but... I don't know either. Here we are. Life updates. Anything? <sighs> not really. We've had some crap weather recently, but hopefully things are starting to warm up. Yep. That's, that's true. That's true, yeah. Um, I started playing Elden Ring. That's really... Fair, fair. Yeah. So that brings us to... Sanderson News. Sanderson News. This podcast will remain completely secret project spoiler free. Yes. Up until the books release, and then we will go through them... Probably. As as some sort of read-along or at least major discussion after we finish. Yes. Yeah, that. Plus anything, we may also go back over some subjects of the previous episodes if the three That's right. new novels reveal anything that is worthwhile saying. For those who are listening that may not be aware, three of the novels are Cosmere related. Yep. One is not. So, if those novels reveal anything pertinent about the Cosmere as a whole rather than the specific worlds they take place on we may be including some sort of a discussion about that. Sure. To go over things we have already covered. And we'll also likely be hitting on the swag boxes. Yes. We'll, yes. we'll discuss the, when we're able, we'll discuss the quality and if, if we would do it again, if we're happy, if we're kind we of We may also, <clears throat> on whatever social media we have, we may post pictures of what we have acquired, which I'm sure will be out there as well, yeah. but if anybody's following us specifically. Yeah. Yeah, we sure. can have pictures of, of what we received in the boxes. And... Absolutely. But this will remain... We're going to yeah. talk about shards. Yeah, we're going to talk about the shards. The Not... uh, 16 shards of Autonalsium after the shattering. Shattering? Yeah. I think it's um, Oathbringer... And then there's uh, Maya Lauren, and the, no, not those, not those shards. Uh, no, the 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 shards of Adelnasium after the shattering. Yeah, the That's shattering. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. So, um, on to these shards, and well, I mean, I think first we should list what shards we know of mm -hmm. thus far, because for those listening, there are two shards that are currently unknown. Right. Which I think that probably would have gotten from our who's that shard that's right thing but, so but anyway we'll get there later yes um the shards we have so far i have notes nice all right so uh alphabetically sure so which is, seems the best way to do it we have ambition mm -hmm. autonomy cultivation devotion dominion endowment honor Invention, Mercy, Odium, Preservation, Ruin, Valor, and Whimsy. Those are the 14 we currently know of. And from what I can tell is that the key element for the names is that they are ideals. They are not 
tangible things that we can pass from one another. Right. They are, the names themselves are all things that humans on Earth hold in their brain right. as an ideal, and that is where they exist. They do not exist in real life. Right, right. So, fantastic system. Uh, one, one thing that I found most interesting is um, because of intent... Uh, Sanderson has said that if Adelnasium was to shatter uh, again with right. a different intent, there would be different shards. Right, which I do find interesting. Right. Um, which also leaves option for, even after he has concluded the current storyline, he could start another one. Sure. Potentially, without Adelnasium being shattered again. But resulting in different shards and therefore different investiture and so on and so forth. We now know the shards. Uh, right. This is a pretty lengthy list. Uh, we aren't going to delve too far into each one of them. No, but I think we could possibly talk about the state they are in currently. Mm -hmm. Because there are some that are shattered. There are some that are unknown. Mm -hmm. And there are a few that are still whole that we know of. That's right. And potentially what planet they inhabit? Sure. Okay. I don't... I have their state listed here. I mm -hmm. don't have their planet listed. Well, I should, we should be able to... Well, I don't know, like... I know Ambition is the place with the Forest of Hell, but I don't know the planet's name. Threnody. Threnody, yes, that's true. They do say it. Yep. So, Ambition, possibly Shattered. We at least know that she encountered Odium. I believe definitely Shattered. Definitely Shattered? Okay. Because Ambition is... Threnody's. Threnody's, yes. Right. So, so shattered, Ambition is Shattered, yes. And then the shades on Threnody are splinters. Oh, of of Ambition. I, I assume. Or, or the reason that... That the, people... The reason that shades exist is because Ambition was... Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the original investiture right. was... Um, autonomy we know is whole. Yes. And existing on the white sand planet. Taldane. Taldane, thank you. Uh, cultivation is whole and on yep. Roshar. Yep. Uh, devotion and dominion are both shattered-ish. Yeah. Like, they're shattered, but they're also placed in the cognitive realm, which I I'm still, I still want more from Brandon on exactly what that entails. Sure. But... but they were for Cell. Uh, yes, they were for Cell. Where Elantris takes place. Right. Um, endowment is whole. Yes. And on... Nalthus. Nalthus, thank you. Uh, honor is shattered. Mm-hmm. And still potentially on Roshar. The splinters are. Yeah, the splinters yeah. are, at the very least. Spren, the Stormfather. The Stormfather, I would think, would be the yeah biggest... It is, yeah. Yeah, splinter of... Um, Invention is unknown. Invention is unknown. Uh, we have gotten basically nothing on invention apart from the name. Um, Mercy is also unknown, possibly shattered with ambition. We do know that Mercy assisted ambition. That's right. In the fight against Odium, but we do not know Mercy's current fate. Um, Odium is obviously whole and going around shattering shards. Yes. Currently locked in the Rosharan system. Yes. Hopefully for... locked 
again for at least another thousand years. Yeah, though we'll see. We'll see. There's some there's some hints that it may not be the case. It's hard to know. Yep. Uh, preservation and ruin are both whole, but now part of harmony. That's right. And that's on Skadrill. Yes, and that is on Skadrill. Um, also, post post being made into harmony. Preservation was kind of dying, which I don't know what that kind of death would have meant. Because it's not the shattering like Odium does. Right. I think... I'm, I'll am i speculate that it was mostly the vessel itself right. being the part that died. And through secret history, we know that there were enough people to take it up. Right. And I mean, move was... it along up until... Right, Vin was specifically made to be a vessel for preservation. Right. right. Uh, then we have... So yeah, both preservation and ruin are now make up the two parts of harmony. Though they are still, and I found this interesting, they are still two shards. Yes. They are inhabiting one body, but they are still separate shards. And this is why our Hero of Ages seems rather impotent. Yes. I just found that interesting. Yeah. Valor is unknown. Yes. We that. don't know anything about Valor, Shattered, or anything like that. I, and uh, Whimsy is also unknown. All we have is the name. Yep. And potentially the vessel's... Na I actually don't know if we have any of the vessel's names on the unknown shards. No, I don't believe we do. Yeah, I don't think so. Not from the list I saw earlier. Which somebody gratefully compiled, compiled at the Copper Mind. Yes, a list of... So, in general, what can a shard do? Why, why are they so important? I mean, they're almost like mini-gods. Yeah. A lot, many times they've been described by non-shards as having it being infinite. Right. Or seemingly infinite. Incredibly powerful. They provide investiture. Right, yes. Uh, they provide investiture for the part or um, inhabitants of their planet. Yes. And sometimes this mixes with the investiture of the planet. Right. Because for those who are unaware, and we'll probably talk about this more on a later uh, episode, planets can have its their own investiture that is separate from the shards that inhabit them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time what we will see when it comes to investitures of the people on a planet, it will be the shards investiture mixing with the investiture of the planet. They are like... Like uh, many powerful entities in a lot of fantasy books, they are bound by their power. Yes. Um, while each shard has a vessel. Right. And these are... It's kind of like the Holy Trinity thing going on, somewhat. Uh, the vessel get, can guide the power to an extent. Right, right. Um, but the power also alters the personality of the vessel. Right. And things such as contracts made uh, apply to the power and not to the vessel. Right, right. The uh, the vessel can change. Yes, the vessel can change. The shard can pass from one vessel to the next, which is how Harmony was created from mm -hmm. preservation and ruin. Right. And how Teravodium came to be. Yes. <laughs> which, God, that's terrifying the fact that 
he doesn't seem particularly bothered by the pact made with Dalinar. Dalinar, thank you. You're welcome. I kept thinking Dinarim, and I'm like, no, that's not the right name. Dinarim. Uh, <laughs> is Dinarim a person? No, but Renarin is. Oh, I'm close. thinking. I'm thinking uh, Dinarians from the. Oh, from Dresden, from Files. Dresden Files. Um, but regardless, yeah, the the fact that he doesn't seem overly bothered by the deal made with Dalinar is slightly terrifying. A little bit. Um, and and from. A lot of a lot of from from Odium's interactions with Hoyd is where we get the information on the contracts. Yes, yes. Though I'm wondering, is the contract situation specific to Roshar? Because Roshar is all about deals and contracts. Oh sure. With honor and yeah, you know, apparently he, apparently Odium made a deal with honor. Which is what bound him to the Roshar system. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that the contract is a Cosmere-wide phenomenon. I think it is something specific it with the be. Rosharan system. It might be. Because we also see that the the Knights Radiant sure. are made from the contracts that they made with make with Spren. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why also Honor was able to lock odium in the roshar system was because the contract that was made within the investiture of the roshar system is what is keeping odium there it could be that's at least my theory my understanding of that was that honor used his power to to bind odium there which i guess could have been a contract um i thought it was forced on odium and that's why he wants to get out, but... I thought he was tricked. I always thought he was more tricked than, like, legitimately forced. Huh. He may have been. Like, tricked into some sort of a contract that he sure. didn't realize the the full right extent of. Sure. Totally which is, could be. Which is also why Dalinar was advised by the Stormfather to, to lock Odium into yeah. a contract. Right. We'll find out. Yes. Hopefully, eventually. What else is there about the shards? Well, I mean, one thing that's interesting to me, I think, is that since they have vessels, uh, they remind me sort of of the mythical Western um, pantheons. Sure. In which they are gods, but they do not have any more wisdom than, say, humans. They have more power... But they're very much like, like say, the Greek gods, which they're flawed, they are able to make mistakes, they're able to even be tricked by humans. Mm -hmm. Like, they are... Sure. While they may have more power than a human does, they do not have more cognitive capabilities than a human does. That makes sense. Yeah. And I just found that was interesting, because I agree, if you're going to do gods in a system... And have them interact with people in any way, shape, or form. You kind of have to have them flawed like that. because. Yeah. And qualifying that, it does seem that all the shards do have prescience. They have, they have four... Uh, oh, uh, yes. Um, not, uh. not necessarily seeing the future, but they see many pathways. Right. So they can set traps for each other. 
down uh, the line down in the, the future line and try to try to finagle it that way. But and it, they also do say they have said that some shards are more capable of doing that than others. Right. <clears throat> Whether that relies on the power of the shard or just the vessel that it took place in, I we're not we don't vessel. know. Like I. I'd say likely the vessel. I would say likely the vessel as well, but there may also be something inherent to the shards that sure. make them more capable, or maybe just more likely yeah. to look into the future than others. It does seem cultivation is particularly good at it. Yes, yes, and cultivation. Given that she was a she is a dragon. That may have something to do with it as well. Yes, definitely could be something to do with it. Yeah, um, because the entirety of what was. Which, that's always given me an interesting idea, which is the fact of, like, what if everything that is going on so far, because we see a whole lot of change happening across a whole lot of planets in not too long a span of time, mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if somebody, even Hoyt, say, has been setting everything up that has been going on. Mm. Because we've seen... Be. We've seen... Harmony come to being. Mm -hmm. We have seen... Odium get a new vessel. It I think it would definitely be a mix of... Some... Almost... Inevitable events playing out. Uh, if you have knowledge of... Say, Odium's vessel wanting to be the most powerful thing in the universe. Right. Right. Um, balanced against somebody pulling strings... In a way to, what's the word I'm looking for? Make sure certain uh, inevitabilities interact uh, with each other at the right time. Right. Yeah. But uh, one, one interesting thing with the shards is some of them, if not all of them, seem to have counterparts and opposites. Yes, yes. At least that is one of my theories. Right. I, uh, my theory at least rests in that all of them do. But I don't ascribe to that fully. No, no, you don't. Which <laughs> no. is one of the things that we have had many debates on. Sure. However, I have made a list on what I believe the counterparts are. Um, I have also made a list, and I don't believe in it. Which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. All right. So my list is um, the first is autonomy versus dominion. I see those two as counterparts. I don't. Because I believe that autonomy is, of course, bodily autonomy, or being separate from the power of anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think Dominion is specifically about putting other people under your control. Sure. Especially if we see, like, um, on Cell, the people... Right. Uh... Dothraki? No. No, that's, that's uh, the monster thingy. Isn't that Game of Thrones? It might be, actually. Um, I don't know. No, it's a very... It's a very... Norse-sounding name. I'm going to Google it. Okay, well, while you do that, um, I will interject and say, I have autonomy placed opposite of mercy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. I can see it. Um, and this came because at first I had autonomy as the opposite of endowment. Fjordel. 
Fjordal. Is yes. the country that was associated with Dominion. That's right. Yes. Yes. Anyways. But, okay, so, so autonomy and... Mercy. Do, uh, dominion for you. Right. And autonomy is has a counterpart in mercy as a sort of thinking about it in a very superficial way mercy is something that has to be between two people i think uh, okay. kind of like the way that you have dominion right right, um, right where autonomy would be um doing it on your own right gotcha and, and could be potentially withholding any kind of mercy for the justification of yeah i can see it yeah. I, I can definitely see it, yes. Yeah. Uh, next, and I'm kind of going this in a rough a alphabetical order, sure. sort of. Uh, I saw ambition as the opposite of honor. Interesting. Because I feel that ambition is getting what you want regardless of what gets in your way. Right. And then honor is placing constructed restrictions on yourself for the good of others sure. effectively so that's that was my counterpart sure for for ambition and we know that odium's first target was ambition right we because do because yes Ray's himself was ambitious in that he wanted to be the most powerful right right so that aside um i put uh, ambition's counterpart as endowment. Oh, interesting. Uh, for so somewhat of the same reason. I can see it, yeah. Personal gain versus giving that away. Right, yeah. Yeah, I could actually see that. I could see that, that counterpart there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And that might actually alter my list in the future. And that... And... Because these are ideals, and some of these we haven't seen specifically is why I have a hard time ascribing to... This is true. There are there are multiple ways to interpret ambition, yes. and how Sanderson decides to present that could have an effect. Because, like, even if you look at the name Preservation and Ruin, those aren't... While they are counterparts in Sanderson's world, they're not exactly quite the opposite. Right. You so... Can, he who sets the definitions... Right. ...wins, wins the, the argument. argument. Exactly. Um, so, so next I had Mercy versus Odium. Okay. Because Odium is specifically hatred and wanting harm on someone, mm -hmm. where Mercy is, in my opinion, the opposite of granting kindness to people. Sure. I, th I think that's really strong. This was my wild card. Okay. Uh, for Odium's opposite, I did put Whimsy. Interesting. Um, All right. At... While some of the other ones on my list are going to be like, if we had a sphere or if we had a multidimensional plane and we could say these things are opposite because they're far away or right. these things are opposite because they're on opposite sides of a line. Um, to me, Whimsy and Odium are far enough away. Other things on my list are opposite sides of the same line. Right. These but... ones are opposites in terms of how I would envision whimsy being completely ridiculous and, and playful and playful and, and yeah i can see it i don't necessarily agree but sure, i can see it sure yeah um for now we already know the preservation and ruin are counterparts yes that's canon and it's really difficult to 
choose any other to be a counterpart. Right, right. And so, like, those are, those are, I already have that down. Okay, so now working with some of the things we don't know, um, while we don't know the name, we do know that there's a shard specifically about survival. Mm -hmm. And I would place that one as a counterpart to Valor. Mm -hmm. You would, yes. Yes, survival is all about saving yourself, you know, not putting yourself in harm's way, making sure that you keep yourself safe, where Valor is all about setting that aside to work towards a goal, putting yourself in harm's way to work towards a goal. Sure. Um, This one I don't quite ascribe to uh, myself, even though I put it down. Um, the preface is, I put unknown versus unknown as okay, to unknown, just because while I would like to throw in, um, wisdom is the opposite of whimsy, uh, for valor, I had the counterpart of honor and that is a very long, that's a stretch. Yeah. And but the, I can... the stretch is because it's a line that is... It, it, I don't have a good argument for it. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, I don't. So, um, in more of the sense that, to me, those definitions are intermixed in my head. Right, uh, right. If you put them in a room and you said, choose your counterpart, they, you know, they may decide, oh, we kind of look exactly like each other somewhat. We We probably... I mean, it's... It, I could make an argument for it. It'd be a stretch. It's a stretch. But I could see an I, argument. Yes. I don't... Uh... Yeah. Um, what I could kind of see is... Uh, honor is all about restricting yourself within the binds of a contract or sure. an agreement. Where valor is throwing off the constraints of society to do what needs to be done mm-hmm. in the pursuit of a goal. Sure. So, sure. But, um, Move on, on that, I had cultivation and devotion as opposites, actually. And here's why. You're going to have to have a good argument. Yes, here's why. So I'm not basing it on devotion specifically, because we okay. can't see anything about devotion. Sure. What we do see, however is devo- an expression of devotion on the planet of um of cell yes which we see the elantrians okay who are unchanging never ending like even even after the break even after the the i don't remember the term for it the uh riod Riode. No, the Rayode is what turns you into an Elantrian. The Shayode. Whatever whatever happened that destroyed oh, Elantris. Right. The the earthquake and the the chasm. They give a name for it, but I can't remember what it is. I want to say the shattering, but that's not it. I that's know, right. Anyway, regardless. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um we see that a specific thing about the Elantrians is that they are unchanging. Yes. Any any cut they get stays, it does not heal, they do not get cold. Even the ones that, you know, have their head bashed in, they're just stuck on the same thought over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah, that's 
a great image. Yeah, I know. It, they get healed. It's all fine. It's afterwards, they get healed. It's good. Right. Anyway, regardless. And cultivation is all about change. Right. All about growing, changing, shifting. So that's where my counterpart of those two come from. I'm not, I, it is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> a I'm stretch. not denying it's, it's a bit a of a stretch. stretch. So but. I, I, I put devotion and dominion opposite of each other. Um, because to me it's, it is subservience. In both cases there is subservience. Right. In one case that is a self-chosen act towards another person in, in a positive way. And the other right. is, uh, uh. Uh, a greedy act or a selfish act right. from somebody else or forcing somebody else to serve. Which you. I do see it, but if I remember correctly doing research on this, we have specifically only been shown that preservation and ruin are counterparts sure. and de devotion and dominion are not mentioned in that. Sure. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be, but... Because I remember, I believe Chris says that it was odd that Scadriel was one of the only, if not the only, uh, um, <laughs> examples of two counterparts deciding to work on a planet together. Sure. Which tells me that devotion and dominion are not counterparts to each other. If Elantris happens well before a lot of the timeline, then Chris's understanding of those things could be... True. She may not consider them counterparts anymore because now they're a goo in the... It's possible. Hey, no, there's, there's argument here, argument there. Uh, I, I do, I completely agree with you on that point. Um, I vaguely remember her saying that. I, I, I do agree. Um, but to be fair, I could also say that, like, with your idea of autonomy versus, or ambition being the opposite of endowment. Right. I could see my list changing sure. somewhat. Um, so then with cultivation, I put as the opposite of invention. Oh, interesting. And that is because they they are near the same line, which right. is growth. Right. One is a natural change, the other is intentional invention. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, if if I were to go if I were to be as exacting as possible, I would likely say that preservation and ruin are not opposites and Sanderson was wrong and cultivation is the opposite of ruin. Yeah, that's I could see also that working. If I had if I threw out what I knew before and I was given a list and right. said, pick the opposites. Yeah. Cultivation and ruin would be the opposites because um, one is letting it go to entropy, the other is tending to it for its growth. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Uh for me invention I actually put as the opposite of whimsy. Because yeah, because invention is hard logic following natural laws set down to create something based off of those natural laws and the understanding of them, where whimsy is 
whatever the hell you want. It's it's right. throwing out all natural laws and just doing for whatever seems fun. Yes. Um I'll I'll give you that. That's um and so comparing our lists if we if we made a a graph that showed connections based on our lists and then also gave connections based on the other things we've mentioned where this could also be an opposite we'd get this spider web of a mess where yeah there's it it is likely in my head it is it is more as if there are a few gravitational wells and then there are a few things that fight against those and the gravitational wells would be odium and autonomy and ruin and then the things that fight against them would be cultivation and uh whimsy oh i see yeah and so it's like yeah these in general are opposites of these down here um but a direct counterpart would be hard to identify just because of how how we don't see things in black and white it is very difficult true to, to have this try to put this in black and white and then for endowment i have an unknown shard the last shard the one that yes that we don't have and i i'll talk a little bit more about this when it comes to the who's that shard thing but i have it as a shard that is about taking sure. from others for your own personal gain because see, yeah, I see that's slightly different from ambition. Because sure. ambition doesn't have to result in taking from others. Right. Hence why I didn't put them as counterparts. Right. But I can also see the argument for it. So Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's um it's I'm I'm curious to see how much longer we need to wait for the other shards to be revealed. Right. Because he, we have a general idea of what books he's going to put out. Right. And from that, we could guess, with pretty high confidence, what planets those are going to take place on. And those right. are the planets we already know. Yes. And so here's the thing. I feel like the book that I think is most likely, which this has been thrown into a little bit of disarray by the reveal of the three sure. Kickstarter novels. I and do believe Whimsy might be a good contender for one of them. Possible. Um, I was thinking they were going to be revealed in Dragonsteel. Oh, absolutely. Right. But now with the new novels coming out, I could potentially see... Either one or both of them being revealed of the unknown shards, being revealed in, in yes. one of those novels. You're right. I did forget so, Dragon Steel. I, they'll definitely be. Yeah, we will at least meet the vessels. Right. From what we understand at the moment, of course, this is liable to change because this would be. I believe he said he'll write Dragon Steel after he finishes Stormlight series two. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. A decade plus from now. Right, of course. You know, nothing big. We'll, we'll we have... uh, revive the show after we've beaten a dead horse on <laughs> every single topic. Yeah, seriously. Well, and that's the thing is that I think after we've exhausted our, our subjects, which is going to be a while from now. Sure. 
I feel we could do a read through. Right. And then after that we can go back and maybe in in brief to some extent cover the subjects that we know or that we've already gone over. Right. With the new information that we have after that because sure. more novels are going to be coming out and we'll have and more info. Things will be more streamlined and True. Yes. Um also Yes. I was thinking that we should talk about Hoyd. At least in brief. Because Hoyd was there during the Shattering, but chose not to take on a shard. That's right. Which means that he is not a shard specifically, but he does seem to hold a unique place in the universe. Right. Because he was there, but not... But since he didn't choose to take on a power of the shard, he does seem to have limitations of being human, quote-unquote. But also, he seems to be immune to the... Or, or at least resistant, to some extent, to the effects of the other shards. Mm-hmm. Uh, which puts him in, a, in an interesting place... In the cosmology, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Um, along with the fact that he's gathering investiture... Right. ...from, it seems to be, every shard. Uh, it'll be difficult to see how he does the shades, but... Well, okay, there's... so we've already seen some example of that. Right, with the gun. With the gun and the haunted man. Yeah. My biggest thing is the fact that he seems to have tried to get... Right. The powers in Melantrian. But apparently whatever he planned at that point didn't work out the way he intended. Which... Makes me wonder a few things. Sure. Because... Okay, so it makes me wonder a few things on a couple of ends. One, he seems to... know more than most people do about the shards and the planets and right. how that all works. And he also has, um, oh, what did they have? The opposite of the Aeons. In Elantrian, right. at the end, instead of having a white ball that talks, he has a little ball of shadow that talks to him. Do you not remember this? No. Oh, yeah. So, at the very end of Elantrian, and this was apparently a bonus scene that was set in on the 10th anniversary edition. That's why I wouldn't... Yes. Yes. Go, uh, I'll talk to you about this afterwards. There's a resource you can go to get the 10th anniversary edition and listen to this extra scene. He's at the end. Sure. Talking to this little ball of shadow, which we do have a name for. I don't... Sure. I'll need to look up on the wiki what it is. We do have a name for them. Um... But yeah, he's talking that whatever he had kind of set up would work to give him the powers of an Elantrian. Sure. But it didn't. Makes me also think that, like, at least in the initial thing, he still had a lot to learn. Right. Or is it the Seons? The Seons are the... Seons are the... So there's the opposite of the Seons. Also, the Seons are splinters. Yes. Uh, of, of the different... Okay, so the Rayod was the dest destruction of Elantris. 
The Rayo? The Rayo. Yes. Was the, the destruction. Yes, okay, so I found them. Okay, great. What? Okay, so uh, they're called either Skaze or Skaze. It's spelled S-K-A-Z-E. I would definitely say um, Skaze. Skaze. No. <laughs> Uh, they each appear as floating balls of light and possess unique human-like qualities. However, Skaze glow with a dark, almost negative light and are surrounded by a ring of symbols rather than having one at their center. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, and so they're they're of dominion rather than devotion, That's where the Seons are devotion, the Skaze yes. or the Skaze are dominion. Um, also, interesting point of fact, and we'll probably cut this out, but I thought I would say something anyway. Both Seons and Skaze, Skaze, whatever. I like Skaze. Could, yeah, could, um, be used to create a shard blade or a Fabriel. Theoretically. So, in my mind, when I learn right. things like this, my immediate thought goes to Six of the Dusk with the ones from the above. Right. Uh... Assuming it's some sort of UFO technology. And I, my brain starts to play with this idea of, oh, if you connected this and this and this and this together, obviously you could get this going. Right. And they show that so, Max and Wayne a lot. Right. So here's the thing. And, and again, I think we're going to cut this, but I want to talk about it anyway. So the, the theory going in my head is that Shard Blades, Shard Plate, Knight's Radiant, The Surges are base effects of the Cosmere. They are not unique to Roshar. Okay. Shard plates can be made by any shard with a person making a pact with that shard. The reason they're called shard blades I see. is because they are made of, by a pact with a shard. Is Does this extrapolate to sword, or to night blood and Azure's blade being... Oh, interesting. I think if I were to jump off of your idea there, right. I would scale back necessarily a pact, but instead a high amount of the investiture right. of that yes. in a world-specific way. Actually, I'm going to even work off of something else, which is I believe that it specifically has to do with splinters. Because okay. both Seons and Skaze are splinters of devotion and dominion. Okay. Where the Spren are, are splinters, splinters of, of... Honor, cultivation, or odium. Right. So therefore, I think a pact would need to be made with a splinter, which would turn that splinter into a shard blade. Or give you the potential to turn that splinter into a shard blade. Which gives Threnody a wholly different context. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> because if we consider the cognitive or the shades as potential splinters as of, they are cognitive shadows as I believe they're cognitive shadows on Right. Which cognitive shadows are splinters right. as well. So the fact that you could potentially make a shard blade out of a shade. A shard shade. Yes. If you will. Uh, shade blade. Is slightly terrifying. Yes. Because it means the Threnody out of pretty much anything else could have the highest amount of shard blade users of any planet. 
Yes. If only humans weren't as scarce as they were. Because, right. Because the shades kill them. Right. Um, Silva. Uh, anyway. Far out theory time. Okay. Which we've kind of been riffing on, so... Right. We may just... Make leave it that in. Yeah. Um, I recently learned that if you have aluminum... Right. Which is increasingly more important... Yes, it is, it is investiture neutral. Yes. If you have aluminum... Right. And this is real. Right. You take gallium, which is liquid under 80... Or above 85 degrees. Okay. And you essentially... The video I saw was an aluminum bat. And the person scratched the aluminum bat... Right. To create some penetration uh, area. Right. Placed the liquid gallium on it. Okay. Overnight, the gallium seeped into the aluminum. Okay. And made it brittle. Interesting. You could see potentially where I'm going with this. And my first and most immediate worry that is plausible is that uh, Nightblood will not have a sheath. And if Nightblood doesn't have a sheath... Up until it gets full off of power, it will continue to draw in investiture. Okay. I imagine that there could be potential uses of this as plot devices. Potentially, yes. Of I course. mean, I think the Nightblood is obviously going to be a huge. I mean, it already has been a huge sure. plot device. I think it is going to continue to do so. Yeah. But for for gallium, gallium with aluminum. Um, there may be there may be usages. So, I guess my far out theory is that, as it seems, Brandon has done quite a bit of research with metal. Right. He may know this and may be using it. So we may look out for aluminum. What we should expect to be aluminum not acting correctly. Right. That's fair. I also think that that might be interesting. That I feel like at least in the future, we may see. Uh, aluminum armor coming into effect. Absolutely. Because we already know that aluminum-lined hats are common on Scadriel to prevent emotional allomancy from being used. And I feel like if a... if an, if, So here's an interesting thing. If you covered yourself with aluminum, would you effectively be immune to the surge binding? I imagine you would be. Right. Which could make you incredibly powerful. Yeah. So long as those surge bindings didn't rely on external... Like, like if somebody tried to uh, do the sticking surge yes. binding, or even the, the gravitational direction one, you know, that sent a lot of the, the soldiers up to the ceiling. Right. I think you'd be effectively immune to that. Right. However, what you wouldn't be immune to would be them touching, say, a dresser with that and sending a flying cord oh, yes. to you. yes. I don't think it, you would even purge the dresser of its surge binding once it touched you. Right, that would be... You'd have to interact with it probably in specific right. ways. And, and... Because we already know that if you burn aluminum, you get rid of all your reserves. That's right. So there's my... Aluminum gallium theory. That's interesting. 
Yeah, I thought. And of course, when I was watching the science video, the first thing I thought of was the Cosmere. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. What have you, what have you, what have your thoughts been going off? Um, my thoughts recently have been going off the fact that actually it was, my, my thing was maybe not a far off theory and my initial thing was cultivation, but I could also, but it's the idea that there is somebody pulling the string. Oh, sure. To make sure that all of the shards end up in new vessels. That has been my, cause we've seen preservation of ruined end up in a new vessel We've seen Odium end up in a new vessel. We know that Odium was specifically started down that path by cultivation. Um, totally could be, I think. And so yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if by the end of it we're going to see all the shards end up in new vessels. Because Dalinar even seems like he might be a vessel for honor. Right. And Sanderson has said, given enough time, right. honor will... Knit itself back together. Right. So I'm kind of wondering if the way that this is headed is that each of the shards are going to end up in new vessels. I could definitely see that happening. Um... I'm sure some thoughts have, uh, some other theories, some thoughts have occurred to other people, but given the time jump between Stormlight Series 1 and Series 2, uh, I expect the main characters, um, of course the ones that survive Stormlight 5. Right. Uh, that we know. Right. Um, they will take, they will be more Dalinar-like in the next series. Lift will be more of where Yasna is placed in terms of being active and being useful. Okay, yeah. And then the younger ones, where Shalon and Kaladin and Adolin are placed right now, would be Elikar's son and Kaladin's brother. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, didn't Kaladin's brother... Oh, his new brother. His other brother. Right, right, That's right. right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm expecting fair. is is for them and and of course you could go any which way with it because it's theory crafting out of no so here's an interesting thing hit me could be a far out theory could be just be a question to ask do we think given the time jump between Stormlight 1 and Stormlight 2 which is not a huge one no 15 to 20 years right 15 to 20 years could uh, liable to change Right, right. As far as we know currently, 15 to 20 years, could we see Dalinar handpicking and sort of almost handcrafting a, um, another Bond, Bondsmith? Because he's going to be old. Like, he's not even a young man oh, now. Oh, I see. I see. And he's going to be much older given the time jump. So I wonder if he's going to... My own personal beliefs don't put him much older than ten days out from where we are now. Um, <laughs> I do not believe he's going to survive Stormlight 5. Fair, fair. Um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, uh, we do we know that heavily invested beings live longer. Do uh, we? Uh, really? Well, okay. Here's the thing. We know that breath can make you right immortal. Sure. We know that heavily invested beings can. Well, we know that heavily invested areas do have some sort of a time dilation effect. Okay. Okay. I was but conflating those. I don't think that. Okay, here's do the thing. Do knights radiant live? Not their life expectancy, right? But I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they inherently live longer than normal people do. I think that you have a a larger chance, or I think you have almost pretty much a one hundred percent chance of becoming a cognitive shadow mm. after you die. Now, not necessarily to the same extent that, say, the the heralds were. Sure. But maybe on the same extent that, like, where Kelsiar was before he got to the well, which was lasting longer before being sucked into the great beyond. Right, and in this case, they would go to Ashen and be cognitive shadows on Ashen. Right. Because that is where Tian and Teft are. That That is the implication. Oh, is it? It is. Okay. Yes. I figured they would just die and go into the great beyond. Because that, the Ashen is the Halls of Tranquility, or is, is the Tranquiline, tranquiline ha, ha, Halls. Thank you. Tranquiline Halls, right. Right. But, okay, but we, we also, <laughs> it's, it's this right. this would have to be a conversation held on our podcast about Roshar. Um, the fact is, we also know that, like, the the myths built on Roshar about the afterlife aren't actually true. Because we know what the afterlife is for all beings. With the knowledge that they do call Bray's damnation. Right. But Bray's, we also know, is not... Like, okay, if a regular singer dies... Right. They don't end up on Bray's. No. So, I feel like Teft and Tien, because they were regular people... Like, yes, Teft was a Night Radiant, but... And Tien was almost a Night Radiant. Almost, but not, not quite... I figure that when they died, they just ended up in the Great Beyond the same way that other people did. Okay, so where are you getting your information on with uh, with ending up on? Um, I mean, I feel like it, it's uh, on the wiki. The there's there's explanations. I don't necessarily. Well, we can get on that on our sure. episode with Roshar. Sure. Um, but it, it's, it's how I connected those dots. Um, I, right now, I believe that Tien was speaking to Kaladin in that, in the storm where Kaladin says the fourth idea. Oh, Tien was literally speaking to him from, as, uh, the, the storm father acting as a bridge. Interesting. Because he I... mentions that Teft is here and he's okay. Right. I always figured that that was just the storm father... Or Dalinar creating a scene for Kaladin. Right. That... Which is also an argument for that, yes. Yeah. So it's confusing. It is confusing. It is, unfortunately. <laughs> and, 
And the problem is, is that, and this is actually something I found as an author, which I don't have anything published, but I've had people read things I have written. Oh, cool. Uh, just, just people that I know. I assume that you would right. know them. Well, in like classes and whatever. Oh, I've sure. Creative writing classes before. Something that may be very obvious to you as an author uh-huh. may not be obvious to the audience when they read it. Oh, yes. I mean, same with the D&D. Right, yes, yes. RPG. Um, and so that this could also be an issue of that, which is I interpret it one way, you interpret right. it another. Brandon yeah. Sanderson may have been like, oh, yeah, this was supposed to be completely obvious. And we're like, well, it wasn't. <laughs> So, um, and, and I may be conflating my first read through of the Stormlight Archives with my second, and I do believe that you said about Dalinar and the, and that storm was, yeah. Um, what's up? I am not going on the wiki anymore. Oh. I don't know in what context I was spoiled. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Right. Um, Were you spoiled something about the or from the Kickstarter? I potentially was. Gotcha. And I don't want to investigate. Yeah, that's fair. I will say that... There are some things that we do not have an explanation for yet. And I think we are going to encounter that. Yes. As if, we keep going. If if uh, you remain to wish you wish to remain unspoiled, potentially, don't look up Ashen on the wiki. Okay. I will make sure not to. I will say that if I ever go on the wiki, I will specifically be looking up things about the what our episode is about. <laughs> right. Uh, uh so because um I will say that like, clearly, um, I think our next episode, and you can cut all this out, whatever, uh, I think our next episode should be on Investiture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a concept. Sure. Because I think that anything we, we work on moving forward will will rely on an, on an explanation of what Investiture is. Yes. And how it interacts with things. Yes. Um, I agree. But now it's time for Who's That Shard? Right. So, uh, did I go first last time? Because I think... I believe you might have gone first last time. That is one of the two options. That is, yes. There is a 50-50 chance. Um, I remember you going first. Yes, last okay, time. so please take it away. Alright, so I don't have a name for it yet, but um, my Who's That Shard is going to be the opposite of endowment, which would be rely on the taking of investiture. Um, and I feel like it would not be breaths, but it might be something similar to which each person has a specific amount of said investiture. And the only way to get more is to physically take it from someone else. Mm -hmm. Because if we see endowment, breath is only able to be given consensually they you cannot take it from someone without them they have to gift it to you right and so i feel like whatever this investiture would be would work the opposite where you have a limited amount and the only way to get more is to take it from somebody else rather than having it gifted 
Um, now, what what its specific investiture would be, I don't know, but what's the opposite of breath? Depends on the context. If we're going through Homestuck, it's blood, but... Oh. Blood. <laughs> I mean, there you go. That, that's what the investiture is called. Uh, I'll explain that to you later. Uh, sure. The context of breath and blood uh, on that. That's fine. Um, but, I mean, all I'm saying is that, like, that's how I figure it would work, which is one is the giving of things willingly, and the other is the taking of things without their consent. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... that makes sense. Uh, I'll call it purloin. Purloin. Pilfer. Pilfer. Banditry. Thief. Stealing. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mine would be, uh, my who's that shard, uh, will be lethargy. As, right. As the opposite of ambition. Fair. And the reason that we haven't seen it yet is because it can't be bothered to do anything. That would be an interesting... It just, it's still hanging out where they shattered out uh, Adelmasium. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just sitting there. It's like, what, whatever. It's got no motivation. It's got no ambition. Sloth. Sloth. It's sloth. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it's, yeah, its true name will be Sloth, but uh, it didn't like that uh, in the same way that Hatred or Odium didn't like hatred or right or, or rather odium says that he's passion when he's really odium um, right 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 uh he'll 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 say he's uselessness or lethargy i mean it could be an interesting one it would, yeah it would be kind of boring it would uh, be kind of boring uh because the less you do the more powerful you get but then the less you do with that power so right yeah that would be uh very boring book to read. Yep. Yep. The only... The only thing that would balance that would be putting it with a different shard that had some sort of... Power over it. Over and, it. And, or when they combined, it made more sense. Well, okay, so on that front, it kind of makes me think of... Have you ever read Full Metal Alchemist or watched Full Metal Alchemist? I watched Brotherhood. Okay, so you've seen Brotherhood. So you know about Sloth. I do. And the fact that Sloth is ridiculously powerful but incredibly difficult to push to actually do anything yes yes and i could see almost lethargy being the same thing right right i mean it's it's almost it's almost a counterpart to preservation in the sense that if left alone it would be in a state of perfection right and that would be adding nothing or it wouldn't be fighting against entropy um it yeah, would be, which... it would be the next best thing to complete non-existence or, or non-work if we think about it in terms of right and entropy is and uh, energy and all that. Right. Yeah, so it'd be it'd be it's an interesting one. I I don't think it's going to be the case. But wait uh... until you hear next next one <laughs> next episodes. Who's that shard? You're gonna be like, what? When are you smoking? Um, anyways, um, other than that, I think that is the episode. Right. We've covered the shards, where they are, what they are. I don't even actually feel like covering their vessels matters that much because so much of it has changed anyway yeah. that I don't think the initial holders of it matter overly. 
No. Um, so yeah. Uh, until next time, don't panic, world hoppers. Yep. <laughs> Journey before destination, peeps. Uh, no, not that one. Journey before destination. Uh, which we're all on, I guess. Yeah, we're all on a journey. Or as the Lopen says, journey before pancakes. That's also true. That could be actually your tagline. That's true. Journey before... Well, I could change it to a new random... One each time. Yeah. Journey, That's true. Journey before Elden Ring. There you go. Yeah. Probably keep it... Journey before... Uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll say the whole thing. Right. Uh, remember, strength before weakness. Nope. Remember, <laughs> life before death... Strength Before Weakness, Journey Before Elden Ring. That works. That works. Yeah. The music you hear is part three, The Spirit, from Zavadilla's The Music of Elantris, produced by B-Roll Records, available now on Apple Music, Spotify, and most music providers. If you like what you hear and you want others to hear it as well, please leave a rate and review. It really helps us get more listeners.